operators, non-negotiators, chronic bullshitters, and bill collectors. Please hang up and call somebody else. Other than that, calling me on business, so you have no business calling me, J. Cole. Warning. This show is intended for a mature audience only and may contain harsh language, trans fats, live nudes, and derogatory comments about your mother. Those who are easily offended or have no sense of humor are encouraged to turn off the show now. Parental discretion is advised. My enemies are many. My equals are none. They fear me like a force of nature, a dealer in thunder and death. I say... I am Emperor! You're listening to The Emperor and the Emperor's Court. It's a celebration of mediocrity. All this energy calling me Back where it comes from It's such a crude attitude It's back where it belongs All the little kids growing up on the skids are going Cleveland rocks, Cleveland rocks Jumping Jean Jean and Moody James Dean Going Cleveland rocks From the Shores of Lake Erie to the banks of the Cuyahoga Live from the War Room here in Cleveland, Ohio, USA. i to turn that off. This is the Emperor's Court here on AlfGeekRadio.com. I am your host, the Emperor, joined in studio by no one this evening. Uh, Lulu has the night off as she is sick and is fighting off a cold. I, of course, am doing the show solo, as I just mentioned. Uh, I just had a, a conversation with Hawkeye just recently. Uh, he is now starting to look for a job. Congrats to him. Hopefully, actually, when he has gainful employment, we'll see him back in the seat here. But uh, tonight, I fly solo, and I have stuff for you to discuss. Now, a couple things. Before we get going, if you want to join us, you may do so. We are in irc.cordkillers.com. Or, as you have all seen to prefer, you may hit us up on Twitter, at Emperor's Court. Or, of course, you can always send us an email to emperor1g at cox.net. Those are your ways of how you get in contact with the show. Don't say that I never gave them out. Okay, so it's been a couple weeks since we were together. Uh, we were not here last week. Uh, I had something, had a thing to do. Uh, <clears throat> meant to do a makeup show. That didn't happen. Again, my fault. My apologies. It was my birthday this week. Uh, Emperor's Day was on Thursday. I hope you all enjoyed it. It's an international holiday, a drinking holiday. As it happens, but also wanted reflection. So I hope all of you went to church and thanked God for me. If it was not for me, your lives would have no meaning. You're welcome. I, I, I see that, Artemis. You're already here. I'm. Thank you. Uh, yes, Omar, you're, you're here too. Uh, Epic would have already left, so he gets no credit. Yeah. It's for anybody else within the side of my voice who wants to come in here and do so. I don't have as good a voice as I normally do. My apologies. I ended up having to work today, which I have not had to do in almost a year. I had to give up my uh, Sundays to another coworker who needed the hours, obviously, more than I did. Uh, as it is a second job I do, 
to kind of uh, do improvements around the house and if not pay off a little bit of the daycare, etc. So because it's not vital for me to have it, um, we had, I had to give up my choice hours on Sunday, which honestly I don't mind all that much. It was actually kind of nice having my Sundays to myself, being able to do things in the house, being able to do running around, being able to spend time with the family. But today I had to step in. And wow, what a Sunday that I have. Shit. I will have a nice bonus check waiting for me. I'm checking scores to see if the Cavaliers played. I thought the Cavs played today. I guess they didn't. No, they didn't. Okay. At any rate, um, <clears throat> where's my... Okay. I actually have a, a giant... Um, what the hell you call this thing? A water jug with a water filter in it. It's like a pitcher with a water filter. And I've been trying to drink two of these pitchers a day. That has been my goal as of recently as I'm starting to spin up uh, th- some changes around here, including uh, a workout schedule that's a little easier to follow and kind of keep with. I popped up Facebook to post something right now on our show page. And the first thing I see is John Ringo saying, Miriam just followed me into the Fortress of Solitude saying, if I'm suffering from menopause, so are you. Help, I'm trapped in the basement with a menopausal woman. John Ringo, ladies and gentlemen, hero of the show. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I also suffer from this, Mr. Ringo. Not my wife, but close enough to make any difference. So the Switch came out this week. And obviously all the talk was about Zelda. And then all of a sudden people kind of shut up about it. At least from my perspective, from what I've been seeing. And I wonder why that is. Now, there was some word going around um, that the Switch may not have been as powerful as originally had intended. Uh, that the uh, the word was that it was underpowered uh, during some of its recent reviews and performances. I don't know. Uh, I thought the actual reviews were pretty good. Let's see, where's Forbes at? Let's grab this one if we can. Forbes is actually pretty good, as we have talked about repeatedly before. Um, It's one of the better websites when it comes to uh, anything internet-related or gaming-related, for whatever reason that may be. I think they just get it, which is something that in the mainstream, on the media and press side, not normally happens so let's Forbes switch review alright Forbes switch review why did that not come up why am I not going to talk about what I did this week I thought I just mentioned that but alright if you really want to know yes this week was my birthday that was Thursday uh, we didn't do a whole lot because it's the middle of the week and so we celebrated last night on th- on Saturday and Lulu made a cake and made stroganoff, which is my favorite. And I ate my fill and I feel like a pig doing it, but I did. And Mr. Mib put up decorations and wrapped the presents. I got uh, a couple gift cards for books. I got cash, things like that. Nothing out of the ordinary, nothing earth shattering. It wasn't any important birthday such as it is. It wasn't a milestone birthday. If anything, I suppose that will come next year. But, you know, it was it was nice. It was 
quiet, relaxing. I, I wish I'd had a little more time to actually relax. This weekend's been kind of busy, running around, uh, doing errands, catching up on things, uh, especially with having to work all day today and then racing home, getting ready for the show, getting my show prep. I, there really wasn't a whole lot to it. I went and got my physical. Turns out I'm still alive. Good to know. I'm sure all of you are surprised to hear that. You mean that thing for water, says Umar, who tweets me, no, it's not a Brita. It's a, what the hell is it? I mean, here's my phone. Here, I got to take a picture of this thing. Because now I got to take a picture of it because now no one knows what the hell I'm talking about. It's, it's a water pitcher. It's got a filter in it. You know, I, look, I, I'm spending a fortune when it comes to, no, Lulu sent me a picture of a kitten. We're not getting our cat. We get a dog when we get anything. We already have three cats. No, I, I'm spending a fortune in bottled water, and this is just a cheaper alternative. And I will tweet this out. Anybody who follows me on at Emperor Emperor's Court, you can see what the hell I'm talking about. This is professional radio, by the way. Great. Usually I have like a co-host or three to go ahead and, you know, take over for me while I'm doing stupid shit like this. Or more importantly, I would have Lulu take the picture. But for whatever reason, I'm not, and well, that's because they're not here, so i got to do it myself. Like some kind of filthy peasant, doing my own work. God. Okay, why? I don't want to reply to anybody, I just want to tweet something. Jesus Christ. Yes, I'm well aware that I am in Twitter challenge, despite the fact they've been on there forever. Somebody asked me for a show that that is so, you know, internet-oriented and all that, why is it that I don't tweet very much? I don't. I'm, I spend most of my time responding to other people. I just don't. I've got 11,000 tweets, and I guarantee you less than, you know, 10% of them are actually from me. I just don't. But it's not that I don't get social media. It's just I don't care. And I know that's horrible from, uh, like, an advertising standpoint. I know that's not really doing us any favors by not following up on all that, that that's supposed to be one of the issues, one of the things that you do to promote and progress the show. But that's really, I rely on you people for that kind of thing. Telling a friend of mine she should tune in. I improve people's days. Don't lick the switch cartridge, by the way. I heard the Switch had some issues keeping 30 frames per second stable at 1080p. No kidding. Crap, where's my article? Duh. I got sidetracked and doing all that. Anyways, so um, I, I'm working on a couple new gloves. I'm breaking a, a couple in for some clients uh, who have approached me, people I know. Uh, I've been commissioned to find a bunch of softball bats, some expensive and uh, hard-to-find softball bats. Comes with a nice penny if I can find them. So a good way to make a, a few bucks here and there. Uh, working on something for the uh, patrons on the side. That's progressing. One of the things that kind of came to a crashing halt, and I, I am uh, apologetic about this because that was not originally my intention, and that has been the streaming of games. And the kind of got sidetracked with the Warcraft thing because that's been going you know fairly well. Um Okay, I got a weird error. I hope that did not affect the... I was looking at a webpage and it crashed. I'm still in the air, so I guess that, that counts. So, okay. Um, and that came to a crashing halt, and I never really got a decision as to what I wanted to do with it, and the feedback was kind of mixed as whether or not people wanted me to call games that I was actually watching, like I did back in the day, or to broadcast and give you a play-by-play of what I was actually doing 
in-game. And I guess it really depends on what we were playing. With the World of Warcraft thing kind of got you know, sidetracked everything, We've a bunch of us kind of jumped into that with both feet. I don't think that was necessarily the original intention. Um, but uh, is playing, I'm playing Umor's in here, Bindlestiff's in here. Uh, Bazlil made a character and then disappeared. Not sure what happened. PJ's here. Uh, so, I mean, there's a bunch of us that are playing. And I thought about streaming this. I just didn't know how interesting that would be to stream a game that's basically, what, 13, 14 years old? Even those of you playing retail now, I mean, technically you've played it. If you think about it. This is obviously a much different version than you're probably used to, unless you started playing the game back when it first came out. But I thought about, you know, broadcasting that as I'm leveling up and, and you get to see my adventures in Azeroth as I'm running from one thing to the next or, you know, ganking all kinds. I have spent, I spent a lot more time PvPing than I probably should. You're really supposed to level up at, at the early stages, but I have not done that. I have been finding people and killing them. Actually, I got Scout class, which isn't difficult, I mean, to do. It's just you don't normally see it at a character at my level. But I did. Hunted people down, slaughtering them left and right. Um, I'm about to hit level 38 on my Hunter. I'm a level 20 on my Mage for those playing at long at home. What's been kind of funny and yet frustrating for her, I understand it, is watching Lulu play because she's got absolutely no understanding of the game. She's She has uh, nothing to really back this from, meaning she's never played anything like it. She's she's not she's not terribly good at it, and I think it's because she doesn't understand what she's doing. And I, I try to explain it, like, hey, go here, do this, use that spell, and she gets pissed, gets mad. I know what I'm doing. I'll figure it out. You're... You're yelling at me. I, I never raise my voice. If anything, I find it funny while she's doing all this. You're yelling at me. Stop yelling at me. Stop trying to rush me. Okay. I'm not rushing you, but you're about to die. You're dead. Artemis says, I, however, didn't see any issues on the stream. I was watching before the show. Maybe that's where I was coming from, the, the underpowered thing as far as the switch. I gotta be honest, I really have, and I've read the reviews, and I've followed this along as time has gone on, and I have, as always, zero interest in buying a Nintendo system. I just don't. Nintendo, for me, died after the Super Nintendo. That was the last good system. There are two good systems for the Nintendo, as far as I'm concerned. I know there's a bunch of you assholes out there who still carry a torch for the N64. Why, I don't know. That was a system that had been passed by by technology, the PlayStation was a superior system. Everybody knows it. History has already proven this fact. You know it to be true. Maybe that's the problem. My pop shield here is kind of off-kilter compared to where it was last time. I mean, I think I got it. It sounds good. At least the levels seem like they're, like they're looking good. I just have to keep adjusting my mic every now and again because I look at it, and if it's not flush, it bugs the hell out of me. I know that sounds stupid, but there you go. PlayStation is a superior system and still is when coming to console, but the N64 was very good. Well, okay. And there are some people, again, that still carry the torch of the system. I was not one of them. Baron liked the N64. I liked the PlayStation 1. And I think that's all you need to know about he and I. One of us knew what he was doing. One of us didn't. One of us enjoyed good games. One of us enjoyed a good game. 
They had Superman for the N64. I'm pretty sure that says all that needs to be said about that system. Right? Right. If you don't know about Superman 64, do yourself a favor. Look it up on YouTube. I'm sure there's somebody there who's got one. Um, It always makes the world's worst games list. Always. Without fail. And just look at the fail that is N64 Superman. Yes, there were a few titles that were okay. Like Mario 64. All right. Goldeneye. A lot of you guys like Goldeneye. Didn't care for it. I don't like console shooters, but all right. That's about it. You know, I wonder if I pour pop in here, how that filter it. I'm sitting here thinking about what other liquids could I put in here that it's going to filter and how would that work? Interested in becoming a sky-worn spotter. We have four more training sessions this week. If you can't make it, we have 21 more to go. From the National Weather Service in Cleveland, Ohio. Huh. I don't know what that is. All are welcome to attend any Skywarn session in any county, including first-timers and experienced spotters. Skywarn talks are expected to be one and a half to two hours long. Arrive a few hours early, or a few minutes early for registration process. What the hell is this? Why am I getting this? This was tweeted to me and emailed to me. What about me says, hey, he looks like he'd like to sit on a lawn chair and look at the sky. I assume that's what it means. Now we got to look it up. All right, let's see what the hell this is. Because now I wonder if I should be afraid. Serving northern Ohio and northwest Pennsylvania. Well, fuck Pennsylvania. I have no interest in helping them. Why would I? What is Skywarn? All right, let's do this. The Skywarn TM, trademarked, spotter program is a nationwide network of volunteers trained by the National Weather Service to report significant weather. Anyone is welcome to participate. Why have Skywarn? The NWS staff at the Cleveland Forecast Office in Ohio are responsible for issuing warnings for most of northern Ohio and Northwest Pennsylvania. And yes, at home, I can see in the minds of longtime listeners and cultists, the wheels begin to turn. And you're asking yourself, how can Emp fuck with the National Weather Service in Cleveland? It is impossible to observe, it is impossible to observe conditions in each of these regions simultaneously during a severe weather event. Skywarn, trademarked. Volunteers become our eyes and ears, helping provide better weather watch and in warning services to the public. Rather than training us, why don't you just watch Twitter and wait for somebody to post pictures of a tornado in their neighborhood? PlayStation didn't have Conker's Bad Fur Day. Winter N64 from Epic Lurker. Umwar, the Skyward thing is the training I did last spring to be a weather watcher. Is that like a wheel watcher, but with less ratings? I'm a wheel watcher. Who will activate Skywarn? I don't know. When I start to say that, it sounds like a computer that's going to take over the weather, doesn't it? The weather office and or emergency management authorities may activate the Skywarn trademark. 
Nets usually, whenever there is a threat severe, a threat severe weather. I think he meant to say severe weather threat, but it says a threat severe weather. This is a government website, folks. Or the forecast office issues a severe thunderstorm watch, tornado watch, or flood watch. In this case, information will be relayed through our amateur radio repeater. Okay. Skywarn and ham radio operator. Okay, I'm done. I'm. I just feel nerdy. You're listening to this. Look, I'm. A, I'm kind of a weather guy. All right, I admit it. I like tornadoes. I like watching storms. I kind of geeked up for that. Hey, New Orleans is going to get wiped off the map again. Let's watch. Messing with the National Weather Service might be considered an act of terror, said the calming voice of Hondo. <laughs> Yes, I'm sorry. I should listen to the other angel on my shoulder, Hondo, saying, Don't mess with the National Weather Service, Emp. Having all your listeners call in a tornado warning might be an act of terror. <laughs> Start calling in the uh, various places of people I hate or their neighborhoods. <laughs> oh, what a dick move. <laughs> but don't think it didn't run through my mind as soon as I read all this. No, I don't know why Hondo sounded like Mickey Mouse in that one. It just did. Emp, dream. Eagle, hometown, wipe out the map by the weather. Hmm. <laughs> the problem is it only really works around here. Since it's for like, you know, northeast Ohio. Yeah, you're not going to get it. <laughs> Oh, man, am I tired. Holy cow. I know we started with the Switch reviews like three times. I keep stopping. Eh. I, I know it's the big thing in, in, in video game news. I just don't care. I really don't. It's not that I'm gung-ho about playing World of Warcraft again, although that's fun. I just, I'm not a Nintendo guy. You know, saying, oh, there's a new Zelda. Well, there should be. It's a Nintendo system. You got Nintendo, you got Mario, you got Metroid. Beyond those three, you've got nothing else going for you. Why would I care? I loved Mario when I was a kid. I liked Mario less as I got older. I don't care about Mario anymore. I liked Zelda in the first two. I kind of liked Zelda afterwards. I don't care anymore. And I, I, I'm... Sorry if that sounds harsh, but that's the reality. I just don't. And you know what? I think that's a fair thing to say because uh, the biggest criticism that Nintendo has to fly through every time is the fact that they have to go back to the tried and true. Third-party programmers don't support them. They just don't. And really, is anybody surprised by this? Those had some weird, funky thing where they're trying to revolutionize the way the game's played, and it never works. This time, you can you can take out uh, the Switch if you don't want to play it on your big screen. You get something that looks a lot like uh, the PlayStation, the old PlayStation Portable, like a lot like it. And you can play the game there, and then you can walk around and you can slide it back in your console and put it back on your television and use this controller that looks a lot like the Atari Jaguars. Fat and heavy and awkward. You're basically playing the Nintendo Wii without having to wave that stupid wand in front of you 
and you're just now starting to play some of these games at the same uh, resolution that the other consoles have had for the past generation and a half. From Forbes.com, Nintendo Switch Review, to buy or not. This is part one of our Nintendo Switch Review. Experts expect more aspects of the new video game console to be touched on in the future as more features are rolled out and more content is added. This is not the original one. Yeah, it is. March. Okay. Uh, Known and unknowns. The virtual console is not available at launch. This means that anyone hoping to play older games on the Switch to fill up the content deficit will not be able to, at least for the time being. By the way, I want to comment on... on, I'm sure this is going to be in there, but if not, remind me to bring up the the way that Nintendo is handling their online gaming play. Uh, number two, there's a big one-day update, but we still don't know what all that will entail since day one has yet to arrive. Uh, these are all prior. And there it is. Nintendo will have a paid multiplayer service, but it isn't coming out for a while, and we don't know exactly how it will work. We do know that it's cheap and that you'll use your phone for chat. I suspect that is due to the system's portable nature, so that you can still be on the service when Wi-Fi isn't available. Uh, how Nintendo's accounts interact with your Switch remains something of a mystery. We don't know what the eShop will look like or how it would differ from the one on the Wii U. How Switch consoles will network together remains up in the air. You'll be able to network up to eight of them and play games together that way, which sounds amazing. Like a return of the land party minus dragging around huge gaming PCs. But this isn't something we've been able to test yet. Uh, what sort of non-gaming apps are going to be involved? Those are the big ones. How it works. The Switch is a portable home hybrid console. The system itself is a tablet. It comes with two controllers called Joy-Cons, a grip to use these when not attached to the tablet, a docking station, and a power cable, an HDMI cable. There are essentially three modes that the Switch operates in. Number one is portable mode. Uh, this should be the PS Vita or, or the PSP, Atari Jaguar, Club Drive, enough said. Okay. The new Zelda interested me, but the price of the Switch and games put me off since I don't know if the Switch will have any other interesting titles, says Artemis. I still wonder if Switch gaming license is stored on the system or bound to your account since that's the biggest issue with, with the Wii. And that goes with the way the games are loaded in and also how they're going to handle their online play. Uh, when is Nintendo Switch? Why are people texting me when I'm on the air? You know how to get to me on Twitter. And if you're a friend of mine, you know between 7 and 10, don't contact me because, you know, Emp's on the air. Well, it's Samson. I don't care about you, Samson. You're black. We've been over this. <clears throat> I'm just waiting for the next text. <laughs> Yes, it came out on the 3rd. I'm aware. So this is from the 1st. Uh, I've got other ones. I've got I've got uh, a couple articles pulled up here. The problem is almost everything is from the, a couple days prior or a day before. Uh, release, review, review, review. None of these are new. None of these are current. Okay. Here it is. This is the one. I'm sorry. My apologies, ladies and gentlemen. I grabbed the wrong one. Uh, This is the Forbes one I wanted. So I sent it to myself, and then I promptly forgot which one I wanted. (laughs) So we'll continue this one, then I'll go switch over. 
And I'm going to tell you that the day one. Okay. Portable mode is when the tablet is not docked to the TV. And the Joy-Con controllers are attached to the tablet, essentially turning it into a high-definition portable gaming console. Games like The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild look absolutely lovely in portable mode, making this easily the best-looking portable console ever made. The screen is crisp and colorful and bigger than something like the PS Vita. It's also far, far better looking than anything on the 3DS. Docked mode is when the system is docked in its station and attached via HDMI to a television set. In this mode, you'll either use a Pro Controller or detach the Joy-Cons and use them with the grip. The exact same games that work in the portable mode will also work in docked mode, only on your screen. There aren't enough games out there yet to say how performance will differ between the two modes, but Zelda definitely has a more uh, has more frame rate issues in docked mode, which is concerning. Because I think a lot of people bought this thing because they wanted to play it on their television, not play another portable. You have the 3DS for that. All right, tabletop mode is when the tablet is undocked and set up on a table or counter or tray with either the kickstand or some other stand, and the Joy-Con, Joy-Cons are detached. This is where uh, party games come into play like 1-2-Switch. You'll also be able to play games like Mario, 8, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe in the tabletop mode. Wow, that would suck to have that thing split up into four screens and trying to play that with four people. You need a microscope to find out what the hell's going on. Drew says, Nintendo said downloadable games would be bound to account now. Okay, good. Artemis, portable mode is 720p. It would be horrible if the title looked worse than 3DS. Well, they didn't give a shit about the last two consoles, despite the fact that at the same time the Wii and the Wii U came out, the other two were already streaming at 1080. So they are going to be bound to the account. All right, well, at least there's that. I should have grabbed myself some water. We've got we've got the pitcher. I just forgot to bring a glass. I'm cleanly, peasants. I don't drink out of the same cup over and over and over again. Moving between modes is very easy, but it's made easier by owning a pro controller. Actually, I think I have one. Uh, going from dock to portable is as easy as lifting the tablet out of its cradle. The image seamlessly switches from the TV to the tablet. The only trick is then detaching the Joy-Cons from the grip. God, they have to always have some stupid name. From the grip and sliding them into the tablet sides. All right, so there's your three game modes. What do you liked about it? I'll get to the system's issues down below. First, let's talk about the Switch that gets right. From a design perspective, the hardware is absolutely beautiful. Other than the kickstand, the tablet itself is sleek and feels great to hold. The dock is a little cheap feeling, but all it really does is attach the tablet via USB-C to the HDMI signal. The Joy-Cons are small, but many people have said they feel cramped or oddly laid out. Okay, that's exactly what I said, because I tried them, I hated them. But I really don't find anything about them I dislike. I thought I would be more cramped by them or more annoyed by their size and layout. But it turns out they feel really good to use. I suppose mileage will vary a great deal. I also like the motion control features, both in games like 1-2-Switch. Uh, ultimately, the Switch is a sleek, accessible console that feels vastly different from anything else we've seen up to this point. It's fantastic for party games. And as we all know, that is a recipe for disaster and failure. That's my aside. Since it's so easy to take on the go and the convenience of being able to play a game docked onto your TV at home or on the bus or at a picnic. What bugs the author about the Switch? 
I haven't had the syncing issues others reported with uh, that left the Joy-Con controller desyncing in docked mode. I have heard that from a couple people. Um, Hawkeye actually has this issue. Uh, he and his brother have one. They got, like, day of, and we're having problems getting the controllers to work with, with the game. Apparently this is happening when something gets in between the controller and the switch, blocking the line of sight. That is not what he told me. They didn't have that issue. Uh, flimsy kickstand. I'm also really worried about the games will perform when docked. Given some of the frame rate, issue, frame rate issues in Zelda. And this is where I said earlier when we started that there's a lot of concern that the system is underpowered compared to how it's supposed to have been, or at least how it was marketed. That again, that game is vast and complex, and there's a lot going on at all times. I don't care. I've got all that going on in my PC, and yet I don't have frame rate issues. Ever. If somehow the PC can figure it out, I understand. People are not going to spend $1,500 or more getting a console to work. But you don't have to get a top-rated computer because not everybody's going to be streaming their stuff. Some people, most people, just want to play the game for the game. You can make a system a hell of a lot cheaper for that, especially if you're making mass production. The more you make, generally, the cheaper it gets. Now, having said that, this is the same, uh, it really is the same issues that Nintendo's always had. An underpowered system that has a lack of games or a lack of quality games that everybody cares about. One of the things the Wii U had when they launched, and it wasn't that long ago, folks, one of the selling points was you could go back and now play on the new Nintendo Wii U all the games from the other two consoles that had already been out for almost a year, those same games from the previous generation. Like anyone gave a shit at that point. The problem is, folks, that they're basing all this really off of one game I would have to go look again to remind myself exactly what the Switch launched with because other than Zelda, I haven't heard a single person mention it either to me or in any kind of print that I found of any significance. Perhaps the most troubling aspect of the Switch, however, is its price. 300 bucks for the console is perfectly fine, but I think it should have been bundled with the 1-2 Switch rather than come game-free. And that was always one thing that kind of worked on Nintendo's favor is because they didn't have that issue. Like, um, you know, the original Nintendo came with Mario or, you know, the Wii U came with Wii Sports. Something. I think all consoles should come bundled with a game like the old days. It's really the accessories that make the Switch so expensive. The micro SD cards aren't cheap and you'll need them if you want to download games rather than just use physical cartridges. And on a Pro Controller, a case, a charging grip... The one included doesn't charge the joy skins and a game and you're closer to three to five hundred dollars than three in very short order. But honestly, none of this is really that big a deal to the author. Perhaps the biggest issue uh, just in terms of sins of omission is the lack of Bluetooth support for audio devices. All right. For that, I'm going to give a pass because Bluetooth audio still kind of coming into its own. And we're going to see how well that works with the uh, Apple phones coming up. That's how you're really going to tell the difference if wireless speakers are and uh, headphones are really going to be the thing. I think they may be. I think it's going to take a while to, to catch on. And I still think that, and I'm on record as having said this in previous shows, that Apple or whomever really got to find a way to lower the cost of like earbuds and shit like that. 
$130 for for wireless earbuds to buy on top of everything else just to listen to music on your phone is a bit ridiculous. Well, that phone is as expensive as it is to start with. Artemis says the Wii was a huge success, but the Wii U, the Wii fuck you. The Pro Controller cost 648 whatever friggin' currency that you use in your weird country. Games cost 498 DualShock 4 costs 500 I think they're Kroner, aren't they? Is that the currency you guys use? Isn't a Kroner the name of a fish? You know you guys like use fish for money? Or something like that? That's how you like determine your wealth if you're like like a Rockefeller type guy. You just go out and you fish a lot. What? That's not accurate? Hmm. Watching the Boston Celtics and Phoenix coming down to the last 10 seconds of the game. All right, some guy drives. He scores. It's tied. There's four seconds left. Somehow they strip the ball as the Celtics inbound. They give it to some guy from Phoenix who chucks a three as time expires and beats the Celtics. That's right. Suck it, Celtics. Nobody cares about Swedish. Kroner, yes. Apparently, Norwegians are kroners. Swedish are kriz. How the hell do you pronounce it? There's no, there's no vowels. K-R-Z-S-X-Z-R-T-W. Either you're trolling me, which is possible, or you people can't spell with the name... I need a drink. This is ridiculous. I'm just going to chug it straight from the pitcher. Oh, because this is going to work real well. I can tell. Is there, there's no real way to get to this, is there? No. All right. To hell with it. All right, we continue. 300 bucks is a pretty good entry level to get in there. These solo shows are always so entertaining. Fuck off, one more. I gotta provide everything else. There's nobody else here to do it with me. The show, I mean. All right, the verdict. So back to the 299 question. Should you buy a Nintendo Switch at launch? After all... There aren't going to be a ton of games available on day one. You're going to have to wait over a month for Mario Kart, until summer for Splatoon 2, and until the holidays for Super Mario Odyssey. Those are three games. Ladies and gentlemen, if I told you that these were the games that were going to carry a console that would force you to go out and buy one, would you buy a console simply to play Mario Kart, whatever version that is, 10, Splatoon 2, or Super Mario Odyssey. Artemis. Denmark, Sweden, Norway are using Kroner. KR normally refers to the Danish. You need to be drunk to pronounce anything Swedish. Well, I am not. I do not partake in the creature. I would only say this, says the author. 
The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is perhaps the most compelling launch video game ever released with a new console, or at least one of the best. A bold statement, ladies and gentlemen. A bold statement. Basically, the Switch can be whatever you want it to be. Do you want to be a portable? Or do you want to be a home system? Do you want to be it's something uh, between the two? I've never understood the appeal of getting something at launch because that's from Eric Kane, who's uh, one of the Nintendo contributors or Forbes contributors. I've always had a very wait and see approach when it comes to shit like this. Uh, Paul Tassi, who we've also read articles here on the site, um, on the show from the site uh, from Forbes, a Nintendo Switch skeptic, Nintendo Switch skeptics, first day with the system, like millions of other people. Well, how many did they sell? Let's see. Nintendo Switch sales numbers. Uh, analysts predict analysts predicts Nintendo Switch will have sluggish start sales to start with. Mm, maybe. Nintendo sales of the Switch predicted to struggle. That was from five hours ago. Uh, this is from us.blastingnews.com. I'm not familiar with this site. The new console is expected to sell only 5 million copies until the end of the year. According to the newest report by Superdata Research, Nintendo sales of its new console, the Switch, will only be of about 5 million until the end of the year. Company seems to have better hopes having decided to ship 2 million units of the gaming console in March alone. So there's not millions of people who went and bought this because that's obviously not accurate. The Switch is Nintendo's answer to the lukewarm reception of its previous console, the Wii U, got, so it is vital for the company that it succeeds. Wasn't Tekken a launch title for the PlayStation? I thought it was. Ethical Worker says it's no different than buying uh, buying one to play Call of Duty or Halo. Except you've got tens of millions of people that play Call of Duty and Halo. Those have professional circuits that you can go play on. Mario Kart should never be expected to sell a console. The Legend of Zelda. Popular, absolutely. Enough for people to buy a console to play? Maybe. I know, but every system ends up with only one or two games that are considered system sellers at launch. But that's my point, is they have one or two. And those, like Call of Duty, like Halo, spawn franchises that are huge. Not to say that Mario and Zelda haven't. But it's played out. Not the Call of Duty or Halo. Look, we're going back and forth here. I I just don't think it's going to sell that much. And obviously, the analysts will agree with me. Mario Kart is an NES NES title amp. Yes, I know. I own it. I have it. It, Whatever the new reiteration of Mario Kart is. Eight, I think it is. Or nine. Artemis, I wouldn't purchase a Switch until they either lower the price or have a lot of great titles. But that's just it, man. That's the same problem you have with the Wii U. There never were any great titles. People kept on waiting and waiting and waiting, and it never happened. It just didn't. 
I mean, you can wait till you're blue in the face. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. I know I'm only one floor away, but I'm actually texting Lulu to bring me a cup. <laughs> Since the lineup makes Microsoft's lineup for 2017 look like golden, and they have like seven, I think, titles on the list. I, and I always go back to this as the example. I bought a PlayStation when they released PlayStation or sorry Final Fantasy 7 I saw it I'd been following it as best I could that game came out and then I went and I bought myself a, a PlayStation and then at roughly the same time Final Fantasy Tactics came out and I got that those to me were system sellers I think Breath of Wild probably is insofar as people are willing to trust Nintendo again. And I don't know how far they're willing to take it. The Switch is Nintendo... Okay. Um, if the console sells poorly, it will join the ranks of the Wii U, which sold a very low amount of only 14 million units since it was launched in 2011. Something that the company still hasn't recovered from, be it in terms of raw sales or consumer trust. There you go. That's what I said. The problem with the Wii U, analysts said, was a lack of strong launch titles. And from what we've seen of the Switch so far, the new console might be following in its predecessor's footsteps. Lack of titles negatively affects Nintendo sales. It's the same with anything else. Indie games to the rescue. In a mostly unprecedented move, Nintendo has been beefing up its anorectic launch title lineup with third-party indie games like Shovel Knight, which is already out, the Binding of Isaac, Afterbirth, Stardew Valley, Tumbles Seed, World of Goo, and Ukulele made of saving the console. However, many of these titles aren't exclusive to the Switch. Duh. So there's less incentive to buy the console just for those games when you can play them in several other systems, most of which who are out already. Epic Lurker. And then Final Fantasy Thirteen came out and Lightning Red ringed your system. I had it for the PlayStation 3. I I didn't like it. I traded it back in. I am eagerly awaiting Final Fantasy VII's remake. Because then I will go get a PlayStation 4. I have not done so. But I don't see any raw sales numbers. And maybe they're, they don't exist yet because the system hasn't been out long enough. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know if anybody wants to hunt around and see if they can find anything. Uh, GameSpot. Nintendo Switch has huge launch at GameStop retailers say. Okay, so this is, this is different than the last one. Uh, Nintendo Switch was released on Friday. It was a huge hit at GameStop, the retailer announced. Uh, stores across the country on Thursday night were packed with customers who couldn't wait to get their hands on the brand new Nintendo Switch. All right, okay, but I need numbers. GameStop was among the retailers that the Switch stock of, had the Switch stock available for walk-in customers, and you didn't necessarily have to reserve it. Okay, but that's just GameStop. Here's one from HD Report. Why the Nintendo Switch's magic sales number is 25. 
Okay, well, if 25 million is what you're going for, you're never going to win anything. And these are from uh, from late last month. <laughs> the Nintendo Switch has led to massive increase in Wii U trade-ins. Uh, I'm guessing there wasn't that many to trade in. Yeah, but I, I don't, I don't see anything about sales numbers. Nothing raw or nothing concrete. I I do see a lot of people keep saying that it's project, projected to sell five million by year's end. Final Fantasy VII could make SquareSoft Enix heroes or destroy the goodwill of fans. You know, Epic, and we've talked about this, dude. Fuck, man. They have ruined their reputation. It's a make or break for this company, as far as I'm concerned, and a lot of other people. Because they have not been able to entice a lot of new people to their franchise. It just hasn't happened. True says, Final Fantasy X killed my first PlayStation 2. So glad I bought an extended warranty on that one. I like Final Fantasy X. See, again, I ran that. I never had a problem with it. I've never had a console that died on me. Knock on wood. I've had a PC that crashed on me before that wasn't able to be fixed. Had to be had to replace some parts. I've had, you know, power supplies die on me, and that blew. But I've never had a... Actually, it, it's... Now that I mention it, that was kind of, kind of funny. I used to um, uh, bag on uh, legal tender. Console fag to the rest of you. I remember back in the day we were working uh, when I was still working with the government. We were we were both there, and he told me that he would go out and any time that Walmart had some kind of weird special, and he had uh, a coupon, and see if you traded in this game, you got this extra. If you bought this game, he had some like weird science to how we would buy stuff, but he would buy. Like four, five, six, eight Xbox 360s. Some ridiculous number. And I talked to him and said, how many Xbox do you own? Oh, probably six. So what the fuck do you need six for? He's like, well, if one burns, I got to have another one. If I want to ever have Halo parties, I got to have at least four systems. And plus I got to have a modded so I can play burned games. So as it happened a couple weeks ago, When I was at his house for the Halo party, wouldn't you know, right in the middle of one of the games, uh, his system they called, he calls Death Star, Red Ring of Death, right there, died. He walks over to his closet in the basement, opens up the closet, pulls out an Xbox, takes it out of the box, I don't think it's ever been used, said, I've loaded the games on it, it's been modded, I've already put in everybody's profile. He's got all 16 of us, our profiles, in each system. So it doesn't matter which one we sit at, it's there. Plugs it in, we keep going. Doesn't miss a beat. He was pissed because it had red-ringed after all these years. He's like, no, I've got other ones. They're all modded. I just, I could go buy more, but then I got to find someone to mod them for me, and that's expensive. And he's like, I just don't want to do that. So I've never had a system die on me. Well, that was the, that was the original Xbox that red-ringed on him. Not the 360. All right. So like millions of other people yesterday, which we now know to be inaccurate, I was able to get a Nintendo Switch of my very own. 
I did not receive a review unit and was left to the mercy of the GameStop pre-order process, which actually delivered. They got my got me my new system by 10 a.m. on launch day, for which I'm extremely grateful and impressed. I have now spent a full 24 hours with the system, and since the Internet has classified me as one of the leading skeptics of both the Switch and Nintendo as a whole lately, I figured I'd share my thoughts with what was an alleged bias laid bare up front. In truth, though I'm often critical of them, I have nothing against Nintendo. I do think they have made many wrong-headed decisions in the last few years, and the aspects of the Switch's reveal had me worried that the console would perform similarly to the Wii U, which no one wants to see. Like many reviewers, my initial impressions of the Switch are somewhat mixed. In this instance, it's going to be important to separate out the hardware from The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. There will be some crossover talk, as I will mention the system. So basically what it's coming down to, what I've read is, and I've got a couple of ones here I can pull from, but I guess it doesn't matter, is that the game, Breath of the Wild, is great. The system it's running on is underpowered. It's having frame rate issues, and it's cool if you want to play it on the tiny little handheld screen. All right, so basically if you want to treat it like, you know, your phone, cool. If you want to play it on the big screen like a big boy, because we're adults and we have money and we have big screen televisions, not so much. Now, what is the question what I don't see anywhere put is, is this a software issue or a hardware one? Most people, myself included, are having a knee-jerk reaction saying, hey, it's probably the system. But it very well could be that something uh, happened with software. Maybe there's some kind of uh, memory leak or something, some weird shit like that. Maybe it's just the game itself. And that particular one is just going to have a frame rate issue until they patch it. I would caution everybody to take a wait-and-see approach. Because it sounds like there's going to be plenty of Nintendo Switches out there to get. This is not like the PlayStation 3. This is not like the Xbox 360 where, or the Xbox One where it was hard for people to get a hold of. Take your time. There's no rush. Let's see. Nintendo Switch uh, launch titles. What do we got? Uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Snipper clips cut it out together. Downloadable game. Shovel Knight, Treasure Trove, which... Obviously, it's already been out. Fast RMX, a blend of F-Zero and Wipeout. It's a racing game. What? That's it? No, those are the those are must-haves and maybes. Give me a full list. All right. Nintendo launch games. Here we go. Uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. 1-2 Switch. These are all on March 3rd. These are coming out. Uh, Snipper Clips, Just Dance 2017, Skylanders, Imaginators, Super Bomberman R, I Am Sensuda from Square Enix, Fast RMX, Shovel Knight, Treasure Trove, Vos, never heard of it, New Frontier Days, Founding Pioneers, Vroom in the Sky, Night Sky, Neo Geo Shock Trooper, Neo Geo World Heroes per- Perfect, 
Neo Geo King of Fighters 98, Neo Geo Waku Waku 7, Neo Geo Metal Slug 3, and Othello. Yes, I bought the Nintendo because I wanted to play Othello. Post-release first-party Nintendo games, March 24th to the 26th, Splatoon 2, the demo global testifier. April 28th, Mario Kart 8, ARMS, Spring of 2017, Splatoon, Spring of 17, Fire Emblem Warriors, Autumn, that's in this coming fall, obviously. Pokemon Stars, now that's what they needed to launch as a Pokemon game, especially with uh, Pokemon Go this past summer. And uh, what, Sun and Moon. That's late this year. Super Mario Odyssey out for Christmas. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 to be determined. And the new new Fire Emblem. That's all it says. Sometime next year. Third party games coming out for 2017. Too many to list in the time I have. Ultimate Chicken Horse. I see that at the end. Ultimate Chicken Horse. I expect from you listeners a review of Ultimate Chicken Horse somewhere in my email for a show at some point. Disgaea 5 complete. Lego C Underworld or Undercover. Binding of Isaac, we already mentioned. Blaster Master Zero. Sonic Mania. Another time for another Sonic game. It's an awful lot of Nintendo talk, isn't it? That's almost an hour. Almost an hour. I don't know. Do I sound like I'm having audio issues? Do I sound like a robot? I assume at some point somebody would have mentioned it by now. Umar says, I'm just saying the word chicken horse sounds like some tasty big chicken. Well, I'm not aware of how horse tastes, so I'll go with your expertise. Wouldn't a chicken horse be the same as a chocobo? I mean, tactically speaking. It's kind of sucks when everybody's sick or busy. I have no one to argue with, no one to yell at. Want to talk about the Oscars? No one here for that. I'll have to make that into a Patreon show. I want to talk about the baseball stuff. That was a Patreon show. That was a good one, I thought. I am proud of my son, though. The four-year-old heir to the uh, internet empire that I have. He cleared his first Mega Man level by himself. Mega Man 2. On normal difficulty. It took him four continues, but he did it. I sat there and watched the whole thing painfully. And as the dad, you kind of want to grab the controller and, and help him out. And then a couple of times he did say, Dad, Dad, do it for me. Get, get this for me. And I didn't. I didn't. I made him do it. He couldn't, I mean, he couldn't get past just the one level, but I said Chocobo. That's how it's pronounced. But yeah, he only beat one level, only beat one guy, but he made it. 
Very proud of him. Proud daddy moment. Like when he's going to hit his first home run. Or he nails his first chick. You know, things like that. No. Omar says, no, you're saying it wrong. Chocobo, like hobo. Pretty sure I've heard it's pronounced Chocobo. Oh, Christ, I can't believe I actually looked this up. How do you pronounce Chocobo? Okay, let's pronounce Chocobo. This is from the Final Fantasy fourteen realm dot com. I've always heard it pronounced Cocobo. Okay, that's this type of conversation I've also have on Skype. Seems like pronounced differently. I'm sure I say it wrong, but it doesn't matter. I've always read it as Choco, as in chocolate. Chocobo. This Chocobo. Had this debate with the guy at school this year. I was convinced it was Chocobo. Chocobo. Suck me, Umor. Now, I don't care if you derail the show. I was right in the end. That's what counts to me. I don't care if we get off on some kind of weird, fucked up tangent. As long as at the end of that conversation, I am the one holding the my fist in the air as the winner, then it was a worthwhile derail. And this one, the train has left the station. I am still champion. I was correct. And now I'm looking at the weather because now I feel like I should be watching it for some reason. Since the internet seems to believe I am some kind of gifted God, you know, appointed watcher of the skies. Apparently I need to go to class for that. A one and a half, two hour class on how to spot a tornado. I'm pretty sure I know what one is. Is that that giant black funnel thing racing towards me that sounds like a freight train that everybody else is running away from? Yeah, pretty sure that's a tornado. I can I can call that in. At the speed of Twitter, I can tell people about this. 57 tomorrow. 59 on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Rain both days. And then back in this year. Spring keeps trying to bust out. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. No snow the forecast. There's that. I'm tired of snow. We don't have much this year, but I don't want any more. All right, I'm going to take a break. When we come back, uh, I have a couple more uncles to get to. Um, I don't know if I want to start a debate now or not. I, since I've got no one here to debate with live, I may want to wait. I know we've got a You've Been Told in the bullpen from Octail. But again, I without someone here to kind of talk about it, kind of argue it, discuss it, because nine times out of ten, it usually ends up in a, a pretty well, you know, Kicked around discussion, either that or we are completely lost because Octale is so in-depth into a game that I've never played that the rest of us just kind of looking at each other like, we are in the, basking in the light of the master here. I think we may wait on that for next week. 
Chalk Oboe. Yes. Omar says, you look at cloud patterns and determine where one is forming due to cloud rotation. It's actually really complicated. That's what Doppler radar's for. Why am I doing fucking Dick Goddard's job for him? That guy's 90 years old and he's still out there. Now, I, I know he just retired. The point is, they got pe- the, where's fucking Jim Santorum? Isn't he supposed to chase these things? I'll tell you what. If I just see Jim Santorum in my neighborhood, I'm getting on Twitter and telling people to get in their shelters because God is pissed and he's coming to our neighborhood. Because the Weather Channel never sends that dude anywhere where it's sunny and nice. It's always some godforsaken hellhole that's about to get hit by a tornado or a flood or a hurricane or something awful. And no, I don't care about the iHeartRadio Music Awards. Stop whispering me about it. Tweet me like a man, or in your case, a woman. I don't care. I'm getting a drink. Now I'm all pissed. I'll be back. Triple cream for Sizzler for June Marie. And listen, Wonka's got a new one today. What is it? This is called a scrumbibbly-umptious bar. Scrumbibbly-umptious bar? How does he do it? My dear boy, do you ask a fish how it swims? No. Or a bird how it flies? No. No, sorry, you don't. They do it because they were born to do it. Just like Willy Wonka was born to be a candy man, and you look like you were born to be a wonker Who can take a sunrise, sprinkle it with dew, cover it in chocolate and a miracle or two? The candy man. The candy man can. The candy man can. Passy mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. Who can take a rainbow, wrap it in a sigh, soak it in the sun and make a strawberry lemon pie? The candy man. The candy man. The candy man can. The candy man can. Cause he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. Willy Wonka makes everything he bakes Satisfying and delicious Talk about your childhood wishes You can even eat the dishes Who can take tomorrow, dip it in a dream Separate the sorrow and collect up all the cream. The candy man. Will we the candy man can. The candy man can. Cause he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. And the world tastes good. Cause the candy man thinks it should.
and they're done with sheep. My friend Larry has a little lamb. Her fleece is white as snow. He keeps bragging about it night and day. Someone should tell him no. Look at the flock, they're all in shock. Here comes that mutton fan. Knock out the fleece, give them some peace. Don't be a on your man, no. Dirty deeds, done with sheep. Dirty deeds, little monkey. Dirty deeds, done with sheep. Dirty deeds, and they're done with sheep. Velcro gloves, neat heads, late night dates, warning signs, electric fences, high voltage, Elmo's got a gun Elmo's got a gun Big birds on the run Ernie's dialing 911 What made Elmo snap Was he tired of Big Bird's crap They say when Elmo was arrested they found Oscar Headless in the trap Elmo's got a gun Elmo's got a gun Rover's head has come undone Sesame Street's not real fun You want me to walk around Sesame Street without a bulletproof vest? Forget about it. Morning. This show is intended for a mature audience only and may contain harsh language, trans fats, live nudes, and derogatory comments about your mother. Those who are easily offended or have no sense of humor are encouraged to turn off the show now. Parental discretion is advised. This is Umamore, and you're listening to Emperor and the Emperor's Court. Radio never sounded so drunkenly accurate. Sure, how much that applies to the show anymore, considering you know the host by and large that we do have don't drink all that much. Well, Hawkeye does when he's here, and occasionally Lou has a bottle of wine or a bottle, a bottle of wine. Yes, occasionally she does have a bottle of wine. Sorry, a glass of wine, folks. This is the Emperor's Court here on AlphaKickRadio.com. I am your host, the Emperor, joined in studio by no one. Uh, Lulu has night off as she is sick, and everyone else is busy or unemployed. <laughs> Um, I had a couple of things I wanted to get to this evening that I had put off this side. I had a couple of discussion points too, but again, without someone here to discuss them with, it kind of defeats the purpose. It, I had not obviously anticipated Lulu getting sick. I don't think she did either. Uh, something that actually came up, and I 
You know what? No, we have talked about that. Now, there's been some furthering stories about the whole leasing thing in World of Warcraft. Probably not going to go into that. Is the feedback I got was that people didn't seem to care because if they didn't play on the server, they didn't give a shit. All right, fair enough. You don't care? Fine. It was of interest to me since these are the people that are running the server. And it really goes back to what we were discussing before, which is at what point do you really start policing the whole uh, gold farming thing or gold sales and whether it's breaking any kind of ethical rules or what have you. But again, we did that before. It wasn't particularly liked, so we don't need to go dipping back in that well again if we don't want to. And I don't because if you don't care about it, then I'm not going to either. Uh, I had two other points of topic. I want points of topic. Oh God, topics of discussion, points of interest. I wanted to get to. This is from Wired.com. Artemis is interesting to him. She says, "Don't you mean unemployable or not just unemployed?" No, because he was employed for a while. I don't know if he's unemployable now. I don't know that I would categorize him as such. I did have a conversation with him and his stripper girlfriend, and she did have an interest in coming on the show. So we may have her sit in uh, for a show in the near future. Again, the problem being, they're 45 minutes away in Akron. And I don't know how much of it, because she kept on saying, well, you guys talk about video games, right? I said, well, no, not, not always. Sometimes, but not always. Actually, most of the time, we don't, as it happens. My friend, I can't. I got company over. Get rid of them. Or, or I can't. I've got company over. So get rid of them. They're lesser people. I'm what's important now. <laughs> it's from Wired.com. Remembering the Wild West era of video game gold farming. Now, I'm relatively certain that this still exists. Obviously, it does in the World of Warcraft community, at least the private servers. I imagine it's still the case in retail, in the dark corners that people don't want to talk about. But I'm sure it's there. Um, Julian Dibble was one of the first journalists to cover real money trade, the sale of video game items for actual money. When he began investigating the market, he started hearing rumors about Chinese gold farmers, where low-paid workers gathered in-game resources to sell to wealthier players. For years, the farms were just a rumor, but Dibble was actually able to confirm their existence. Quote, I visited these factories in China that were literally guys working 12-hour shifts, seven days a week, living in factory dorms, playing World of Warcraft, just cranking out the gold. Such elaborate measures made sense because real money trade was highly lucrative. Marcus Eikenberry, a leading figure in the virtual goods industry, says that for years he enjoyed phenomenal success trading game in-game items, such as uh, trading items in games such as World of Warcraft and Ultima Line. But the business was always unpredictable. "Quote: I made my first million in video games, and I also lost it in video games." I've been incredibly wealthy at one point from video games from doing this stuff, and I've been bankrupt twice. (laughs) 
how the hell do you go bankrupt from this? If I'm making, if I made a million dollars selling shit to people from in-game stuff, I would be banking it, and you better believe I would never go bankrupt for that. Eikenberry is still involved with real money for trade for games such as Shroud of the Avatar, which is the new Ultima Online, and Crowfall, which I've never heard of. But these days, he only works with developers who endorse him as a certified business partner. He's a certified money launderer? Folks, we're in the wrong business. The farmers don't farm gold anymore in World of Warcraft. These, these steal gold by hacking accounts or bot harvest herbs and sell them on the uh, auction house. That's how they always did it. Look, it wasn't just people going to a dire mall and doing the same thing over and over and over again. They would bot. We, we all saw bots playing back in the day. Epic Lurker, the mythical Chinese gold farmer, the rarest of mobs. They lost their place in society in Legion and thus migrated to Diablo 3 where they've evolved into the treasure goblins. I was wondering how they actually handled that. I mean, other than banning, because, look, there were so many bots out there. We'd report them all the time, and we'd see them every night, same places, and they'd always do the same thing, the same routine against the same characters. And you'd kill them, and they'd come back. They must have had a program for that. Or I mean, if they were botting, I, I never really saw any, well, they might have been real, but these particular characters always seemed to go in the exact same uh, pattern. Kill the exact same mobs. We actually would sit there and watch him. Like, wow, this guy's like a machine. Turns out he was. Uh, quote, the games that I'm dealing with these days, we don't see that kind of stuff, he says. And in fact, we don't see the Chinese farms a whole lot either. It's interesting how the industry has changed to defeat this. Dibble says that while gold farming may not be the issue it once was, game developers still have plenty of other problems to deal with. Quote, there have been lots of articles written in law journals about the nature of property in virtual worlds and what kinds of property theories would allow a player to make a claim against a game developer who says, quote, yeah, that's yours, but you can't sell it. I mean, that's a weird claim to make in the real world. And what is it about these virtual worlds that changes that? That's what I was waiting for, True, WoW tokens took a big bite out of third-party gold sellers. They did. Hondo, Steve Bannon was a gold farmer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he took a, he took some time out of running uh, Breitbart and the helping Trump to uh, do the White House so he could be a gold farmer. Or is that how he got started? Is that how it worked? The hell's my aspirin? Got a headache like you wouldn't believe. That's how I know weather change. You know, I don't need to go to a fucking school to know when the weather's going to change. All I have to do is wait for the incoming headache and throbbing pain in my wrists. What's that? I can barely move and I've got a splitting headache? Must be a weather change coming. Arr! Glad I went to an hour and a half to two hours of class for that. What's that in the sky? Oh, that's just a tornado. I know it's a tornado because I went to class. Those are telltale signs that you're old? No, it's telltale signs that got sinuses, and I live in Cleveland, Ohio, and this is the spring, or late winter, whatever. Don't give me any shit, woman. How many people have been shot in Chicago since I took to the air at 7 o'clock? 12? Ah, the hell with it. Despite the fact that I've got a headache... I continue to go ahead and do this show. 
no fatalities this week. Well, that is a banner week for Chicago. Marcus Eikenberry on rares in Ultima Online. The designers never envisioned anybody would have any need to do anything with horse dung in the game. It was just something that was in the stables in different towns. But there were a couple places where you could pick it up. And so we were picking up horse dung and putting it in our backpacks and trotting back home and going, Hey, honey, look what I found. It had like a $20 value. We would build our own stables at our houses and we had some authentic horse dung to put in it. It was all just pixels and everything. But that was one of the rare items. And no, they didn't make us any better players or whatnot. But part of owning items in this game is being able to show them off. So people wanted them. Okay, now I can talk from this from personal experience, okay? Back in the day, I played Ultimate Line during its heyday, okay? 97, 98, 99, 2000. People went out of their way to find weird, inane stuff that was in the game that had no value other than aesthetic uh, interest to decorate their houses. Because in that, Steve Bannon used to be a CEO World of Warcraft gold farmer from the AV Club. Is that real? Is that a? I'm not sure if I want to click on that. Is that real or is that a troll? I'd be honest with you, Hondo, because I got limited time here. While you're doing that, I could open up this this little bag of Mally's chocolate covered raisins that I got for my birthday. It's really really small. I don't like chocolate. Actually, I hate it, but occasionally I like chocolate as part of something else. And one of those few things, like, say, mint chocolate chip ice cream or chocolate-covered raisins. If you are ever in the Cleveland area, you do it. You do yourself a favor. You owe it to yourself to go to Mally's Chocolate. Oh. They're huge, too. True story. None of the people in the Mally's family... They never take a, a plane together. They always fly separately so that no two of them can ever be killed in the same crash. And their chocolate recipe really is protected by a vault. All right, I'll look at it. But, I mean, paintings, pictures, um, statues, uh, chairs... They'd make a fortune off this shit because the stuff you just couldn't find. And it was to make their stuff look. M1G horse tongue baron. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. MMO Champions got it too. It's from Wired. Bannon was initially an investor in internet gaming entertainment, initially founded by former child star Brock Pierce. Both Pierce and Bannon convinced Goldman Sachs to invest $60 million into the company. And this was in 2006. Then IGE got sued by a player, crashed, and was relabeled as Affinity Media, which Bannon took over as CEO of before taking over Breitbart. This just came out last month? This is a new story? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> this is how he knew he was the devil. He was selling gold. <laughs> Making money as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, some eating on the air. I'm stalling for time. Now, I won't go and comment 
on how much the stuff was sold for outside of in-game. I know that people would have their characters, they would make bots, macros, for their characters to fish for hours a day and then sell the stuff in-game. Because you'd pick up stuff up when you in Ultimate Line when you're fishing, you'd get like an empty treasure chest or an old chest or a painting or a statue or uh, a box or some chairs or a table or this weird shit floating around in these the waterways of Britannia. And they turn around and sell it because you put it in your house. And some of them were very rare and unique. They didn't really have a purpose. They were just kind of there. True says, yeah, when I read that, I really wondered if it was real. Makes him seem almost cartoon level of villain. But I wonder how he was making money. Must have been PayPal. Or how do you advertise that back then? Marcus Eckenberry on anti-cheating measures. One of the guys that I've been working with for a fan site, he's just uh, this mega fan of Shroud of the Avatar. And he owns a town in the game. He's got a significant investment. He's somewhere between five and $10,000 into the game. And he decided he was going to take all his empty slots in his town and plant, plant cotton on them. So he plants all this cotton, and there's this giant cotton field, and he decides he's going to spend an afternoon picking all the cotton once it's grown. Now, I know you motherfuckers are sitting home waiting for me to make some kind of racist joke, especially when I know that Samson's listening. Well, I'm not going to go there. Because it's only funny to make a racist joke when they're in the room with you and you can look in their eye and you can see the little hurt on their face from like, oh, Amp really is a racist prick. Here I thought he was one of the good white people. (laughs) He decides he's going to spend an afternoon picking all the cotton once it's grown. And the next thing he knows, he's banned from the game. What had happened was he statistically went so far above the norm on how much cotton anyone had picked that the game itself said, hold on, we're suspending your account until someone can review this. The next day he had full access back to his account and it had been reviewed that he wasn't abusing the system. He just had a lot of cotton. All right. Rarely, believe it or not, do I try to pass judgment on what people do in their off time to unwind or, or enjoy themselves when playing a game. As long as you're not infringing upon someone else in real life, go for it. You want to grief somebody? Fine. You want to camp somebody? Go ahead. If you want to do like I did with some friends and loot people's houses, destroying hours and months of their hard work in game for the lulls, be my guest. If you wish to spend $10,000 American to build an in-game town in a game that you play for the sole purpose of planting cotton and then farming it and picking it, I will not judge you. I may question your sanity and say that you have far more time in your hands than you should. But I will not pass judgment. Who the hell is Edward Castronova? 
Julian Dibble on Edward Castronova. One of the early observations that Castronova made was there were all these virtual worlds in the 90s where the whole point was just to hang out and build the world. There were all these open sandbox games, kind of like Second Life. They presented what economists think of as a utopian world where nothing is scarce. If you want a chair for your character to sit on, you just snap your fingers and there's the chair. But the games that really took off and attracted people were the ones where stuff was hard, where if you wanted a chair, you had to go out there, chop the wood, or slay the wolves, and sell their pelts enough to make money to buy a chair. The idea that scarcity is fun and gives people a sense of meaning is important because it doesn't fit into the normal economic calculations. What it did was, and Ultimate Line was very good at this, was forcing you to go all the way down to the very bare minimum to see how everything was created. That's what it did. That was the thing. You literally had to train yourself to be, I mean, in your character, to be able to craft something like a carpenter. Then you had to go and uh, you had to train yourself to be a lumberjack, to chop the wood, plane the wood, build the character, get the nails, or build the, the chair and what have you. It was everything from the ground up. Ultimate Line, or World of Warcraft has this to a lesser degree. Let's say you want to be a tailor, but you don't feel like going out there and killing all the mobs over and over and over again to try to collect the cloth. Well, you don't have to. Somebody else is willing to do that. They will go and they will they will do the farming for you. They will go out. They will kill all the bad guys, get all the gold you want, all the gold you need, and then you can buy it from the auction house. You never, ever have to step into a game if you don't want to. Or a step outside your, the uh, city if you don't want to. My mage hasn't. I got him up to level 20, and he's been sitting there making money in the capital ever since. I have another character that farms the, the uh, cloth, or I go to the auction house, and I buy it from people who are. It's supply and demand. Their job is to go out and give me the raw materials. I then take those raw materials because I have a character with a specialty. I make up the items. I then turn around and sell those items on the auction house, and I, you know, use that for profit. People buy those items to equip their characters to go out and adventure, to fight, you know, other characters, to out go out and fight monsters, to get their gear. It's simplistic, but people begin to understand whether they realize it or not, they're learning the very basics of an economic system. Ultimate Line took that even further. Ultimate Line, in my opinion, was the ultimate sandbox. You could do whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted. There were no rules. There was no police. There was no laws. I mean, you couldn't, like, kill somebody in town. And even that eventually changed. If you could get away with something, then by all means. Epic Lurker. Buy a chair? A real gamer would craft their own damn chair. Damn youngins these days want everything made for them. I hunted my own trees in the snow, uphill, underground, being chased by murlocs. <laughs> I'm going to see some old guy. In my day, we had murlocs, and they chased us everywhere. You wanted to get those herbs, then you had to run for those goddamn frog people. Everywhere, you fuckers. Not like today. 
or all you do is sit in your cities and you join a, an instance or looking for a group and you never have to leave the comfort of your own city. Isn't that what World of Warcraft ended up being? Isn't that the truth of it? You don't actually have to leave your own city now? You just sit there? There's no adventuring anymore. Why? You don't have to. You join a channel, you find something, and then you're good. <laughs> I'm right back at Ultimate Line. I was only one of two or three people on the server who had made a character who could do a level 5 treasure maps, unlock and disarm them. No shit! Same thing in Second Age. That's the God's honest truth. If you wanted to, to try and do it, you needed a you needed a, a, a certain character that could be uh, a cartographer to actually read the maps so you could find where the, the treasure chest was. Then you had to find somebody who could actually dig it up. Then you had to have the same character be able to have a skill to go ahead and, and, and get rid of the booby trap, or else it would kill your character and explode. That all he could do, uh, that all he could do to kill uh, Cap, but every weekend I had 20, 30 people gathered at my house to do treasure maps for magic items. And those things were a bitch. I had a great time doing them. Uh, a couple guys on Second Age and I did this uh, last year when I was playing it. I mean, they had a, an entire library. Somebody had gone out to every, they mapped every single individual place. And we're talking a couple thousand different locations throughout the world where these uh, treasure chests were, these spawning points. And you had to have the map in order to do it. But if you didn't have a certain character that had all these skills on them, you couldn't decipher, dig up, and then untrap that chest. But here's the bitch. The stronger the chest, the stronger the monsters, the mobs that popped out of it when you picked out an item. So what True is saying it actually happened. If you got a level 5 treasure map, you needed to bring a posse to try and deal with this shit. Or you had to know a tamer who had dragons. Because you might pull out a ball rod and then you are all fucked. That's sure, you might be able to grab an item out of that chest, but if the ball rod kills you, guess what? Not only are you dead, but anybody can come by and take stuff off your corpse. Because it was, quote-unquote, a real world. If I see a dead guy lying in the street, and there's no one else around to stop me, I could pick his wallet and his clothes and take off. You would need a group to go together. And the poor character who had to dig that thing up and unlock it rarely had enough skill points left to actually have any kind of combat skills. So you needed to bring friends. You might be able to dig it up, but you weren't going to be able to fight off the monsters that came with it. Epic Lurker. That is what people claim, but it was the opposite. You had less reasons to stay in the city since you were not tied to one specific chat. I don't know, man. When we did the, uh, when the Empress Court did it, what, three or four years ago? Actually, shit, it was more than that, wasn't it? I keep forgetting, it's 2017. It doesn't feel like that much time has gone by, but I guess it has. And like 2011 or 12, and we started up again, and we did Cataclysm. That got to a point, after about a month of playing, I didn't leave the capital. I didn't have to. I was just joining, looking for a group, and I would just join one dungeon or next. I didn't. I just used a blink ring and then used holding hiding skills and let the group kill it. And that's what you kind of had to do. He had to be a pussy. Now, 
the guys I did it with, one of them had two accounts, and you could still run. You can run it on today's computer. Now you can run three of the games on today's computer. So what he would do is he would log in with the one character. He'd run over. He would do the chest while he logged in with his other character and use that one to fight. But you need a bunch of people to go. It was not easy. It was fun. But yeah, you can make some real bank with that because there are so many other people that wanted to do them, but so few actually had either the time or the skill to actually put into the character. Here's the thing. And this is what it comes down to. It's all said and done. And there's nothing more American. In this case, the guy makes the claim and was able to back it up that it was Chinese gold farmers. Ironic that a communist nation came up with a very capitalistic sense of doing things. Then again, it was essentially slave labor. If there is a way to make a buck out of something, eventually someone's going to figure it out. I mean, isn't that what we did here in the States? This country was built by men who looked at something and made something out of it. Rockefeller here in Cleveland, what, arguably the richest man in the world? Second, depending on who you listen to. Easily the richest person in American history. Took a, a, a weird, at the time, smelly, very slippery type of substance that would leak out of certain fields in Ohio and Pennsylvania and made one of the most profitable com- companies in the history of the world. Carnegie, Morgan, Vanderbilt, Westinghouse, uh, Gold. They saw something, they saw a business that didn't exist and they created it. Somebody had to look at this and say, you know what? If I spent my time farming this gold or farming these items, then turning around and selling them back to people who don't have the time but want to experience the game anyways, I can make in real life money. And I've used this example before a couple times, just a couple of episodes ago I did, which was the example a friend of mine sold a bunch of stuff in EverQuest to a gentleman who's a lawyer. Some ridiculous amount of money. And I remember seeing the, the PayPal. It was like 20 grand. And it was like for everything you could imagine. He basically sold him the character and everything on it. The login, the whole nine yards. And I asked him why. Why anybody would spend this kind of money on a virtual item. An item that would disappear once the game did. And he said... Emp? Come to think of it, I don't think House ever even knew my name. My real one. <laughs> even at the store, we all call each other by our, our handles. Um, he said, you got to understand, the guy that bought this was a lawyer. And he doesn't have a whole lot of time to you know, level up the character, go get the items. He just wants to play the game and experience everything. See everything. Kill all the mobs. Go on the, on the, uh, the quest and what have you. But he can't do that unless he's got a character that's you know stacked and built and everything else. To him, it's worth it to go ahead and pay me to do it. He's got money, plenty of money. He said, and you have to understand, there's a lot of people in this country or in this world who have money. They have disposable income. 
What they don't have, and in America this is more so true, I think, than anywhere else, we don't have the time. We have jobs. We have families. We have medical issues. We have uh, sports. We have other things going on. We have you know, responsibilities. Our free time is few and far between. And when we have it, we have to make the most out of it. We have to be the most efficient we can be with our free time. I'm taking it a bit step further, but I think you get the idea. And it's true. We do. Maybe this guy that got banned for a day in Shroud of the Avatar likes to plant cotton and pick it. Maybe this is as close as he'll ever be to an old school farmer in real life. Maybe that's what he wants. The virtual experience without the backbreaking labor that goes with it. Maybe there are people out there who love the grind. I know people who had issues with, with creating a character in World of Warcraft. They'd play for like a week, get bored, and they'd create another one. Or they get one to 60, and rather than, than you know, gear it out for raids, they turn around and make another one and level that up to 60. That was their goal. That's all they wanted to do. It's all about maximizing the amount of time we have. Getting the most out of our, our hobbies. In this case, my, my friend's case, he needed the money more than he needed that character, so he sold it. You know what he did? Turn around, bought a new account, start all over again. And he'd sell a sword. He'd sell an armor. He'd sell something like that. That's what he would do. And that was fine. And he made money off of it. Everybody was happy. I mean, I don't know how many people actually, at the end of it, walked away thinking, man, I got hosed. This sucks. Maybe there's somebody who needed to pay the rent that uh, week and maybe regretted their choice of deciding to spend money on a game instead. But there's no losers here in, in this. Now, I understand there are some, some ethical and legal uh, ramifications with something like this. And I know there's people out there that are saying, well, if you're going to look at it from that point of view, then you have to go as far as looking at it from that from economics point of view, which is you are ruining the local economy by inflating the price of the gold or whatever the item might be. I understand that. I get it. Also debatable. And that's fun. And maybe that's more of a, a, a concentrated uh, debate that we would have to have. And there are some people out there I would love to have that in. I mean, that's what we need to hack it, you know, actually hack it out. But that would be a great, you know, patron event. Because I don't know, the details that I would want to go into from an economic standpoint, and that's one of the things I studied in, in college, I don't know that necessarily everybody would have an interest in that. That might get into a yawn fest, because now we're talking about uh, pure capitalism. When you get right down to it, it's kind of like, I'm going to pay someone to go to the sports store for me and work for me because I don't want to. I'm going to have somebody I'm going to pay to go to my office and do my job for me because I don't want to. Not a perfect example, but I think you get the idea. I'll have to think on that. That's interesting. I actually like that idea.
All right. I got one other thing I wanted to get to. Uh, this is from, I'm pretty sure it's from Rocket Games. Uh, Rocket News 24. Okay. Top eight weird things we think after playing video games for too long, according to Japanese gamers. Have you ever experienced the DDR effect? It happens when you've played a video game for so long in one session, in this case, Dance Dance Revolution, and you start hallucinating parts of the game in real life. No, no, I haven't. Continuing. For Dance Dance Revolution, people see arrows just scrolling up their vision. The same thing happens with Tetris, Falling Blocks, and pretty much other any other game of that's a rhythm or a puzzle. I personally had several good bouts of the DDR effect, says the author. And it's always made me wonder, what other weird things do we do after playing games for long periods of time? According to Japanese gamers in a survey organization called My Navi, they asked 400 Japanese men and women these questions. Number eight, the question is, if they'd ever felt like they were still inside a video game in real life after playing intensely for a long session. Now... Before we continue, I remind you, folks, this is for Japanese gamers. So uh, take that with a grain of salt. (laughs) We all know those stories. Number eight, game music. The game's music sticks in my head. Even when I stop playing, I can't get the background music to go away. Now, I, I can get on board with this one. Man, the reason why is because there are a lot of video, and we've talked about. Hell, I play video game music today. A lot of us do. There is some very good video game music out there. Some very catchy stuff. That does not mean, however. Well, I, I mean, it gets stuck in my head. It looks like any other song does. I think anybody else would have that issue. It gets stuck in your in your head. All right. So, okay. Video game music I can get on board with. Number seven, Glutes of a God. A 22-year-old woman said, I want to run around. I feel like I still have the unlimited stamina of my character in the game. Epic Lurker. That explains why I keep trying to throw freezing traps at annoying people in the mall. Or why I think I can run faster with a knife in my hand. Or that I try to circle strafe so I can pick up speed. Alas, if only in real life there were easy holding down a button. This is one of the weird things on the list that probably comes to an end the fastest. It only takes a few seconds of trying to run like Mario before you realize that you don't that you have lungs and that they hate you. Gotta fight them all, a 20-year-old woman said. When there are a lot of people around, I start to want to fight them. I feel like I have to take them down. And now we see why the Japanese invaded the Pacific Islands during the war. This one feels like it's particular to hack and slash games. Massive attacks like Hyrule Warriors or Dynasty Warriors. Look, I never saw a Chinese tour bus running around here in Cleveland and decided, you know what? Time to go Lu Bu on their ass. That's all right. I can kill these guys. There's 50 million more waiting around the, the turn. Jump power. I feel like I can jump from building to building. Number five. Oh, that's number four. Number five. Real life is not a race. I feel like I'm playing Mario Kart while I'm driving and suddenly start to worry that a car ahead of me will release a banana peel. 
Okay, this has got to be bullshit, right? I don't. I'm not familiar with this website. I've got to guess this is all troll. Fighting solves all problems. Money management. After paying, playing too much, I go out and I still play like I have unlimited money. Number one, Pokemon. Animals start to look like Pokemon since so many of them are based off of real animals. I accidentally find myself searching for Pokemon, especially in bushes, said a woman age 22. If you are 20-something in Japan, you people are fucked. Can you guys hear that when I slam my desk? Man, I know you can hear me hitting the desk, but do you hear the vibration? I hear it in my headphones. I don't know how annoying that is, but that's strange. Actually, let me pull up. I'm going to see if this thing actually... Hang on. One second. Okay, so no, I guess it doesn't reverberate over the microphone. I thought it did. My bad. And good night to you, too. So there. Uh, okay. I, I'm not even going to comment on that. I'm not entirely sure that was real. I sincerely hope it was not. But I will say that I've had video game music stuck in my head. I've actually gone through... I, I like some of the remixes they've done. Like, um, since my son started playing Mega Man on the Nintendo Classic, I've gone back and listened to some remixes of um, Mega Man 2, Mega Man 1 themes, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, like the Green Hill theme... Stuff like that. There's some really good remixes out there, like the, you know, the Overclock uh, community's done, that kind of stuff. Overclock remix. Shit like that. There's some good ones out there. I know you guys hear the some of the Final Fantasy remixes I play quite a bit here. Tragedy is 97-year-old twins freeze to death after falling outside of home. Not going to read that one. <sighs> nope. I, I think I'm going to wait for the rest of this stuff. Yep. Amp up. All right, and the show here. Um, I had a couple of ones, but those are more debate-type topics, so I'm going to hold off on them for now. Uh, we do have a You've Been Told by Octail, which we're going to hold the bullpen until next week, when hopefully Lulu's feeling better at the very least, and we'll see who's available to shake out and uh, get down here for uh, a couple episodes. Um, I'm going to see about that. I like the idea of the debate about the gold farming thing and the economic impact it might have, the social and legal standing that it may or may not have. And I'm surprised, and maybe it has wind its way to the American courts. I don't know that it's gone anywhere. I certainly don't remember it being any kind of landmark case that I remember seeing out there. Um, but I will keep an eye on that. Uh, um, I'll put some feelers out to a couple people I have an idea. Might be interested in doing a show like this. Having said that, okay, real quick. I would like to thank GnomeWise, the owner-proprietor of AlfieRadio.com, for hosting us. If you think you can do what we can do for a low nominal fee... You can go ahead and do an audio or video cast. I highly encourage you to do so. You can broadcast on any one of like 14 or 20-some different outlines. So give it a shot. AlfieCreator.com. I want to thank Scrub Puppy for keeping our Facebook uh, page fresh and interesting and entertaining. 
for you, the common man or woman. I want to thank you, the listener. If it was not for you, we would not be doing this. We appreciate your listening to the show. Otherwise, it would be just be us talking to ourselves, and that would just be comically sad. Thank you to our patrons. If it was not for your generosity and the extra stuff that I give you, we would not be able to keep the show on the air, or certainly not to the degree it has been. I shudder to think what we would have to do otherwise. If you would like to become a patron of the show, for as low as a dollar, you can get your foot in the door and access to much more Empress Court goodness. Uh, the Word of the Emperor would be available to you, uh, as are some of our past uh, uh, commercials, radio bits, as well as octales you've been told. Obviously, the more you pay, the more access you have. I just put one up about the new changes in baseball for this coming season and proposed changes for next year. It's up there for you to listen to. Um, I highly encourage you to do so if you are a patron. If not, time to get your foot in the door, folks. Thank my child was the last one uh, to sign up. It's patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, patron.com. Search the Emperor's Court. If you need the link, it's on our Facebook and Twitter, which you should follow at Emperor's Court. All right, folks, we'll be back here next Sunday. Same emp time, same emp place. If you are interested in joining us in the world of Warcraft, we are playing on the Elysium private servers, specifically the Elysium PvP server. A number of you already have done so. Several of you have actually expressed interest. However, you are not certain if you want to play on a private server because you don't know if it's going to be there long term. My guess is it's probably going to be around until if and when Blizzard decides to make legacy servers. If they never do, then we get to enjoy where we are. If they do, then you know that obviously your characters and your hard work won't disappear. Alright folks, if you're interested, hit me up, emperor1g at cox.net. Cox.net is your email. Send me an email. Or just add the Pepsi Tyrant. Pepsi Tyrant. Shoot me a, a, a PM. I will get you into the clan. About 20 strong right now. Let's keep going. Alright folks, bad manners are better than no manners at all. Have a good night everybody. So long. They weren't very good. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really-